0: Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns and Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snow Deal double G. Hi, this is Don Salad. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyoncé. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo! Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat. is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Hope that everybody had a great weekend. We had a crazy weekend of football. I will get into detail on in just about every game. It is Overreaction Monday. I know I was tweeting during the Falcons game, but we have got a great show for you, including Tom Brady throwing five touchdown passes as the Buccaneers beat the Falcons 48-25. to Georgia keeps rolling after beating South Carolina. Carolina and now they're number two in the rankings and the Atlanta Braves salvage game three of a three game series against the San Francisco Giants and they are currently two up on the Phillies with two weeks to play. Let's get right into the National Football League fresh in everybody's mind. Wasn't that a crazy Sunday night game last night? Lamar Jackson finally getting the demons off his back. I will go into depth about every NFL game and I'll try to cover every college game as well. Of course I had a busy weekend. Friday night I called my second high school football game. It was Russell County versus Lee of Montgomery. Unfortunately, Russell County lost 28 to 14. It was a very energetic crowd at the Corbett Sports Complex and I'm looking forward to calling that game against Opelika in two weeks. But let's get right into the Falcons' loss. They're now 0-2. Tom Brady has owned the Falcons. He's now 9-0 against Atlanta in his career. That first half, I thought it was going to be a blowout. It eventually turned out to be a blowout after Matt Ryan threw those pick sixes. I mean, both back-to-back, one after the other. Looking at the start of the game, Tom Brady wastes no time throwing it to Gronk. It made it look easy. If there are some bright spots in this game, I thought that the Falcons did generate a pass rush just a little bit. Grady Jarrett had a sack. Dante Fowler Jr. had a sack. The corners were not terrible. I thought that A.J. Terrell made a great pass deflection that would have been a sure touchdown by Antonio Brown. After the Buccaneers jumped up 14-0, I got on Twitter, and like I normally do on Mondays, it is overreaction Monday, I pretty much said Arthur Smith is a great coordinator. He's not. Not a head coach. Matt Ryan needs to go. I felt at the time that Matt Ryan did not have anything left. After the embarrassing loss to the Eagles in week one, I actually thought that Matt Ryan was finished as the quarterback in Atlanta, and I felt that Arthur Smith did not make the proper adjustments in the second game after getting blown out, after getting humiliated by an Eagles team that lost to the 49ers. But what Matt Ryan did to come back into this game, the Buccaneers grabbed a 28-10 lead in the third quarter. Matt Ryan ushered two touchdown drives, including a flip to Cordell Patterson where he scooped it up with one hand and ran into the end zone. I think Cordell Patterson is is a very underrated weapon that the Falcons can utilize, and I think that he is going to be a big piece of this offense at the running back position and at the wide receiver position and possibly a kickoff returns, which they haven't had since Devin Hester back in the early 2010s. And I I tell you this because I feel like the schedule is still easy, and I think that the Falcons can get to eight wins. They play the Giants next week, and both teams are 0-2. I think the Falcons can get back on track because their next four games are winnable games. I would like to see more in the running game. I don't know if Mike Davis is going to be the every down back. I think Cordell Patterson should be the featured back. But Cordell Patterson is such a weapon on offense. They need to utilize him as a wide receiver. Go get a big-time running back. Hey, Frank Gore is out there on the market. Somebody. Uh, Todd Gurley is still a free agent do something because the problem with the Falcons is their offensive line they did a little bit better this time I was waiting for Matt Ryan to run for his life with that defensive front from the Buccaneers and that didn't happen as much as I thought it did because the Falcons did hold serve there was pressure but Matt Ryan actually got the ball out when he was supposed to he only got sacked once and I think that Jalen Mayfield lives to see another day. I think that head coach Arthur Smith will give Jalen Mayfield the nod to go against the Giants in Week 3. Falcons are 0-2, but the season is not over. I would try to salvage this season as much as you can if it's a rebuilding year for the Falcons, which the head coach and GM said that it's not. They need to utilize Kyle Pitts more. I think Kyle Pitts needs to be the focal point of the offense. He needs to have 10 catches for 170 yards. That's exactly what needs to happen. The rest of the NFL, it was crazy. It ended with the Sunday night game where Lamar Jackson finally gets over the hump by beating Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City. Kansas City was up 35 to 24 in this game after a 46-yard TD pass from Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey. Then Lamar Jackson issued two fourth-quarter drives where the Ravens defense forced Patrick Mahomes to punt. The Chiefs had a 35-30 lead. The Chiefs had the lead, and then the Ravens took the lead, 36 to 35, with eight minutes to go. Plenty of time for Patrick Mahomes to usher the game-winning drive, either by a field goal or a touchdown. We all knew that if Patrick Mahomes had the ball last, the Chiefs were going to win. However, at the 32-yard line of Baltimore, Clyde Edwards-Alaire fumbles, and Baltimore recovers and takes over with about a minute and 25 seconds left to go. That's why it is very hard. It's not guaranteed when you're running out the clock to try to kick the game-winning field goal because that's what the Chiefs were trying to do. It's not guaranteed. What you need to do is hold on to the football, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire fumbled the football away, and now the Baltimore Ravens are 1-1, one and, one, and the Kansas City Chiefs are 1-1, one and, one. and they are in last place with the Los Angeles Chargers, which lost to the Dallas Cowboys in a pretty good game. It was the primetime game on CBS. The Cowboys go into L.A., which they had about 70% Cowboys fans at SoFi Stadium, and Ezekiel Elliott was not the focal point. Tony Pollard is starting to become Come the featured back. You give all that money to Ezekiel Elliott, and he's just not the same. Now, Dak Prescott didn't have a great game, but it was the Cowboys' defense that stepped up, and Greg Zerline boots a 56-yard field goal for the Cowboys to beat the Chargers. Remember when Zerline had all those kicking woes in the beginning of the season? It was a good win for the Cowboys. You didn't want the media to bash the Cowboys going 0-2, and they actually feel confident going into the game next week Monday night against the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, I know everybody was high on the Eagles because of their big win over the Atlanta Falcons week one. But they came down to earth against a more physical team. The San Francisco 49ers lost the game 17-11. to The Eagles dominated this game in the first half. They just could not capitalize. They had a blocked field goal. They tried to do the Philly special from the Super Bowl, and it failed. They had a 91-yard completion, and they had first and goal inside the one. And they could not get it in. That would have put them up 10 to nothing, and then the 49ers would really be behind the 8-ball. Now you're forcing Jimmy Garoppolo to throw. The 49ers issued a a long 90 yard drive to close out the first half up 7 to 3 and after that they issued another 90 plus yard drive to go up 14 to 3 to eat a lot of clock Philly got a quick touchdown late when the Niners were up 17-3, to but the Niners were able to hold on to the football, and they are just depleted with injuries. You've got Trey Sermon that only had one carry for eight yards, and he got knocked out of the game. Elijah Mitchell was banged up. Jermichael Hasty injured. They don't have any running backs anymore. With Raheem Mostert out for the season and Jeff Wilson on IR, the 49ers are running out of running backs. Nick Bosa had a great game, two sacks. He was the difference maker on the defense. And I am impressed with this rookie corner from the 49ers, De'Amre Lenore. He was a steal in the fifth round, and he locked up Devonta Smith. He did get burned with that 91-yard reception by Quez Watkins but he's a rookie he's going to learn to bounce back from that you know Josh Norman was in a starting role so there are two two holes that the Niners have they're depleted at cornerback and they're depleted at running back and they got to go in the open market and get somebody it doesn't get any easier next week because they will take on the Green Bay Packers Sunday night and the Green Bay Packers will take on the Detroit Lions Today, and hopefully Aaron Rodgers can bounce back from his very abysmal performance against the New Orleans Saints. You know, this league is so funny. It's so topsy-turvy because the Saints one week will beat the Packers 38-3. Then they will travel up to Carolina, and Jameis Winston will look exactly like he did when he was in Tampa. He throws two interceptions, 11 for 22 with 111 yards. They had no running game. The Panthers' defense stuffed the Saints, and Sam Darnold actually had a pretty good game. Don't look now, but the surprise team in the NFL is the Carolina Panthers. They are 2-0, and they are looking good, and they could possibly compete with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC South. Wrapping up some of the other scores, the Chicago Bears beating the Cincinnati Bengals. Andy Dalton gets hurt in this game. Justin Fields comes in. A lot of injuries in the Texans-Browns game as Baker Mayfield left the game, but he did come back. Tyrod Taylor got injured in the game, and Davis Mills came in at quarterback. The Browns getting the 31-21 win. This game was a thriller. The Rams beat the Colts 27-24. Carson Wentz got injured in that game. The Colts have a very good team, but the Rams were able to hold serve, and they are now 2-0 on the season. How about that, NFC West? You've got the 49ers that are 2-0, the Rams are 2-0, and the Cardinals are 2-0 because of the kicking woes from the Minnesota Vikings. This was the game of the day. I have the NFL red zone, and it was going back and forth. Kyler Murray, who my opponent in fantasy football has at quarterback. Torched me in fantasy this week. And Kirk Cousins looked great. And the Vikings are 0-2. Dalvin Cook had a very monstrous first half, but he was slow. In that second half, he got injured. And the Vikings will get ready to take on the Seahawks next week. The Cardinals at 2-0 are for real. Another surprise team. They will take on the Jaguars next week. Speaking of the Seattle Seahawks, they're the lone team in the NFC West that is not 2-0. They are 1-1 thanks to a comeback win from the Tennessee Titans They were down 30 to 16 into the fourth quarter. And Derrick Henry put the team on his back, including a 60-yard run. And I don't know what it is about the Seahawks getting conservative. I don't know why Russell Wilson thinks he's got to get conservative. Why not let Russ cook like they did in that first game? And Seattle loses it in overtime. They almost lost it on that safety. It looked like it was a safety. Seattle controlled this game for the majority of the game. But Tennessee has shown something coming back. And Julio Jones had a big game, six receptions, 120 yards he almost had a touchdown it looked like his foot was in the back of the end zone but the official said that the heel was out of the end zone i know some fantasy owners are upset about that tennessee is now one and one on the season and the seattle seahawks are one and one as well other games the las vegas raiders other games the las vegas raiders are now two and zero on the season after beating the pittsburgh steelers In Pittsburgh, 26 to 17. Are you not paying attention? Derek Carr. He is a good quarterback. He's putting up some fantasy numbers. 28 for 37, 382 yards and two touchdowns, including DeHenry Ruggs. You remember that so-called bust from last season's draft where he couldn't run routes? He had five receptions for 113 yards and a touchdown. And the Las Vegas Raiders are 2-0, and they will get ready to take on the Miami Dolphins next week. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 1-1. That AFC West is also a very good division, because you have the Denver Broncos, who are 2-0 after beating the Jacksonville Jaguars. Some of the rookie woes that I want to talk about, Trevor Lawrence did not have a very good day throwing the football. 14 of 33, 118 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions, but he wasn't the worst rookie out there. It looks like Zach Wilson, just like Sam Darnold on a Monday night game against the Patriots a couple years ago, it looks like Zach Wilson is seeing ghosts, because Bill Belichick And that defense just dominated Zach Wilson as he threw four interceptions. There was a point in the game where his first two passes were interceptions. It's going to be some growing pains for Zach Wilson. I know he likes to throw the football, but it was a methodical New England Patriots win. Mac Jones is really the only rookie right now that is showing some success. He's not doing a whole lot. Damian Harris, you remember that talented running back from Alabama? It seems like Bill Belichick gets these players from Alabama. Him and Nick Saban are very close. But Damian Harris, 16 carries, 62 yards, and a touchdown. And the New England Patriots are 1-1. and They should be 2-0. and But the Patriots, they do all the right things. They have a good solid team and they play just good team offense and team defense and the jets are going to be in trouble because they really look bad this year the buffalo bills they're back to their winning ways last week's loss to the steelers was an anomaly and buffalo is one of the best teams in the National Football League. Josh Allen leads the way, 35 to nothing over the Miami Dolphins. Tua Tagovailova got injured in this game. Jacoby Brissett in for relief. And Buffalo tries to get back to their winning ways next week as they will take on the Washington football team. All right, now on to college football. We had some crazy plays in college football. But the local teams, congratulations to Georgia, getting a big win over a South Carolina team that had most of their starters back from last season, and they are 2-0. Coming into this game, they were 2-0, and the Georgia Bulldogs get a convincing 40-13 win. That defense is historic. Only two things in this game. Josh Van had two big receptions that led to South Carolina field goals, but JT Daniels with three touchdown passes, he did throw an interception. Stetson Bennett did come into the game and threw an interception, but Georgia is looking great right now. Three sports writers have voted Georgia as the number one team in the country, of course. No surprise that Alabama is the number one team in the country. They beat up, they beat a Florida team to in the Swamp. And I'm concerned because they didn't play their best game. Florida is pumping their chest. Oh, we almost beat Alabama. You're supposed to beat Alabama. If Alabama makes that many mistakes, if you're a top-five team, Florida thinks they're a top-five team. And Florida thinks that they're going to meet Alabama once again in the SEC championship. I'm here to say Florida is not a top-five team. They are a good team. I think they, they are a ranked team that will probably finish... 8-4, 9-3 8-4, 9-3 and, four, nine and three this year. Dan Mullen has nothing to be ashamed of. Florida, the glory days of Florida back in the early 2010s with Tim Tebow and Urban Meyer, those aren't coming back. Florida is a good team, but they are not on the level of Alabama. And all the mistakes that Alabama made with the missed tackling and allowing Emory Jones to run the football, they're going to clean it up. And Alabama got through with a win And it was a very flawed win, but they're going to learn from their mistakes and they're going to continue rolling because Bryce Young is playing on a different level. He had three touchdowns. He passed for 240 yards, and this is the reason why he's one of the favorites to win the Heisman Trophy this year. And Alabama is starting to become quarterback you. you got three quarterbacks from the University of Alabama that are starting in the NFL, and Bryce Young could possibly be the fourth. But I don't think these two teams are going to meet again in the SEC championship. I still believe it's going to be Alabama and Georgia on a collision course, number one versus number two. And the loser might even sneak into the college football playoff. It just depends on all the other teams out there and how well they do. Because if you look at the rankings right now, Oregon jumps Oklahoma after beating Stony Brook. Oklahoma had a very laxy-daisy win over Nebraska, 23-16. But how about that interception from D.J. Graham? That could be the greatest interception I've ever seen in college football. But Oklahoma does get the narrow victory over the Cornhuskers. Texas a and looking pretty good. They're playing with a backup quarterback. They're ranked 7th. you got Iowa that jumped in the rankings. They are fifth it's just gonna get harder for the Hawkeyes. Ohio State beat Tulsa 41 to 20 and they fall in the rankings. But the team that struggled the most was the Clemson Tigers. They almost lost to Georgia Tech. They beat Georgia Tech 14 to 8. And I know Georgia Tech fans think that they are back. I'm not sure. I think Clemson has taken a step back, and DJ Uiangalele was only 18 for 25 for 126 yards. This is the second game where Clemson had a total offense of less than 300 yards and they did have a rain delay in this game and even though Clemson was up 14-3, to Georgia Tech kicked the field goal with a minute to go and then recovered the onside kick. They had a shot right at the goal line to tie this game. Also locally in Georgia, Arkansas beats Georgia Southern 45-10. to The Razorbacks have a big game against Texas A&M next week, but the game of the night was Auburn and Penn State. Now Auburn's shown something. Going up to Happy Valley. The first time since 1931 that the Auburn Tigers have played a team from the Big Ten on the road. And that's what Auburn does. They get on the phone with other athletic directors and they schedule the big boys. I'd like to see Alabama do that. I'd like to see Alabama get on the phone with the athletic director from the University of Oregon and go up to Autzen Stadium and play a game against Oregon. Or play a game against Ohio State on the road. Yes, this is great that Alabama can play big-time football with big programs on a neutral site, but Auburn... Should not feel disappointed about this game. They were into this. They were in this game all the way until the end. Tank Bigsby, the local kid from LaGrange, had 23 carries, 122, 102 yards, and two touchdowns. And Auburn is still a good football team. Remember, they are sort of rebuilding this year under the Brian Hartson era. I still think Brian Hartson is a good coach, and he can get Auburn to where they need to go. Remember, every time Auburn hires a new coach, they go, they win the National Championship, or they go to the national championship game. Gene Chizik gets hired in 2010. Gets Cam Newton. They catch lightning in a bottle. Auburn goes to the national championship and wins it in 2013. Gus Malzahn, brand new head coach for the Auburn Tigers. They catch lightning in a bottle with the prayer at Jordan Hare and then the pick six. And they're in the national championship game against the Florida. And they're in the national championship game against the Florida State Seminoles, which could have been one of the greatest teams, could be one of the greatest college football teams of all time, but Auburn was right there at the end and lost it on a last-second touchdown from Jameis Winston to Travis Benjamin. We did have some upsets in college football as Fresno State beat ucla 40 to 37 and maybe ucla is not the team that everybody thought they were west virginia beats virginia tech 27 to 21 so the new rankings now have some new teams in the college football rankings we have fresno state cracking the top 25 they're now ranked 22 michigan state is now 20th after beating miami and kansas state sneaks into the top 25 After some impressive wins, I think that week one win against Stanford is starting to become a quality win because Stanford goes on the road to Nashville, Tennessee, and beats Vanderbilt. The second time a Pac-12 team has beaten an SEC team this year. So Stanford's got to feel pretty confident. Here's some advice. If you're trying to schedule an out-of-conference opponent, don't schedule Memphis on the road. Memphis does it again to another Power 5 school by beating Mississippi State 31-29. to A couple of years ago, they beat UCLA in the Liberty Bowl, and they beat Ole Miss. This is what Memphis does. I'm surprised they're not in the top 25 there was a controversial punt return as Mississippi State was trying to down the football and then the Memphis receiver Calvin Austin returns the punt all the way back for a 94 yard punt return which caused Memphis to lead in the game 28-17 to and Mississippi State tried to come back and it was too little too late and the Memphis Tigers are now 3-0. So this is what Memphis does. They schedule big boy football and they hype up the home game to get all the Memphis fans and they're getting excited and they're able to use that home crowd to feed off the energy, and that's how they're able to beat these big-time programs. I'm surprised that Memphis doesn't get an invite to join the SEC because I made the argument they should swap Vanderbilt for Memphis. And I also think that it was a slap in the face to the Memphis Tigers that they didn't get an invite to join the Big 12. But we did have some crazy college football moments, including a big Hail Mary from SMU to beat Louisiana Tech 39-37. Mordecai throws the pass, 33-yard touchdown, to Reggie Robertson Jr. on the final play, and SMU is now 3-0. That's one of those teams that got an invite to the Big 12. I've always been a fan of SMU, especially in the 80s with the whole pony excess. And, of course, they got the death penalty in 1987, and their program has not been the same. Other local college football, Kennesaw State gets a big road victory over Wofford. Of course, Mercer had the bye this week. And congratulations to LaGrange College for picking up their first victory of the season in NCAA Division III football as they beat Southern Virginia. And also, because I do cover West Georgia sports, I'm going to talk about West Georgia because they're 3-0 on the season by getting a big victory over Dixie State. All right, Major League Baseball last night, Max Fried was dominant as the Braves beat the Giants 3-0 and the Phillies lost to the Mets 3-2 in the Sunday night game, which means the Braves are now 2-up on the Phillies. We have some tight races all over Major League Baseball. you got the Giants a one-game lead over the Los Angeles Dodgers because the Dodgers beat the Reds 8-5. Clayton Kershaw earns his first victory since the month of June. And this wild card standings in the National League is really starting to heat up as that final wild card spot is owned by the st louis cardinals after winning eight straight games cincinnati is three back and the phillies and padres are three and a half back but over in the american league you got a very tight race between the boston red sox toronto blue jays and the new york yankees and the oakland athletics who have won five straight the red sox have also won five straight and so with two weeks to go in the major league baseball season Teams have their sights set on the postseason. It's been a very, very busy week. Uh, Before I close my show, I do want to go into some high school football scores because I'm going to have my high school football show on Fridays. So I have a segment on my show where I pick the top five teams from West Georgia and the top five teams from East Alabama. And no surprise that the number one team is the Auburn Tigers, they are 5-0 on the season for East Alabama. Number two is going to be Central. They went on the road and beat Enterprise. It was a very close game. Central got the win. And then my number three team is Opelika. They are 3-2. They started out 0-2, but they were taking on two very formidable opponents. One, Callaway over in Georgia, and then Auburn, their longtime rival. But they are 3-2. and They got a big game next week against Central. My number 4 team is still Russell County. They lost their first game of the season losing to Lee at Montgomery 28 to 14, but they are still 4 and 1 and they will travel this week to take on Beauregard and they have a big game in 2 weeks as they will take on Opelika. That is going to be a monster game. And then my number 5 team will be the Gators out of Glenwood who had the bye this week, but they are 2 2, and two on the season and they are ranked pretty high in ASIA Region 1. Triple A Region One. My top five teams in West Georgia the Callaway Cavaliers rolling in at number one the Callaway Cavaliers had the bye this week but they are an impressive 4-0 on the season and they will take on Thomas County Central in a non-region home game this Friday the number two team is the Carver Tigers they are 4-1 on the season they impressed a lot of the media by defeating Shaw 43-7 to and then they will take on LaGrange on October the 1st so they will have a buy this week, but the Grangers out of Lagrange who are also. A very impressive team. They are 4-0. They got a big win against Kendrick, 48-6 at home. Now, they will take on Shaw this Friday at Connect Stadium. And then, as they prepare to take on the Carver Tigers, who are on a bye this week. And my number four team is Troop County. They are 3-0. They are 3-1. Their only loss was to Callaway. But they had a very impressive 51-26 win over Spencer at Connect Stadium on Friday night. And then, finally my number 5 team in the West Georgia region for high school football is the small private school from Columbus St. Ann Pacelli. They are 3-0 and on the year and their last win was a 17-0 win over Lamar County. What's impressive about St. Ann Pacelli, the Vikings they beat Jordan, which is a 4A team in the opener 44-6. So very impressive very impressive season for St. Ann Pacelli and remember you can catch my high school wrap up show on fridays as we get ready for high school football action in the chattahoochee valley that is all the time i have on the show i want to thank all my listeners that have downloaded my podcast and don't forget to like and subscribe to my facebook channel i am always on every platform you can think of just go to the icon where it says apple podcast and just download the podcast i hope that everybody has a great day and i will talk to you tomorrow bye everybody